Okay, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. from Oklahoma, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 20th. Today, we are going to be reading from the big book, and we're starting chapter 6 into action, page 72. And we're going to be doing the first paragraph, which starts having made a personal inventory. We're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with um, having told someone else all their life story, and we're going to comment on both paragraphs. Today's readers will be Barbara E., The Twelve Steps, hopefully Hoodie R. for The Twelve Traditions. Uh, The readers of the text will be Elaine B., Nessa R., and Raza R. The reference numbers for Wednesday, July 19th. The 7 a.m. meeting is 10177, and the 10 a.m. is 10179. The OA Preamble of Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barbara E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kelly, and thank you so much for your service. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey, right now in Penyon, New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons who'd harmed and became willing to make amends to them, them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. And Roz R., um, I'm going to need you to read the 12 traditions Hoodie's unable to get on. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Um, This is Roz R., Recovered uh, Compulsive Overeater, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, of Alcoholics Anonymous. <clears throat> we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. All right, today we are starting into action. We're in the big book, page 72. And um, we're going to do the first couple paragraphs, starting with having made our personal inventory. We're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with told someone else all their life story. And comments are going to be made on both paragraphs. Our, our first reader is going to be Elaine B. Elaine? 
Thank you so much for your service, Kelly. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. Thanks. Can you can you hear me? Oh, great. Thanks. I can hear you great. Yeah. Thank you. Chapter 6, Into Action. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We've been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. We have admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We have put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which, when completed, will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. This brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we've done well enough in admitting these things to ourselves. There is doubt about that. In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reason why we should do so. The best reason first. If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. But they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. Wow. Into action. Wasn't that inventory action? Didn't we just find out an awful lot looking at our resentments? our fears, our sex conduct, oh my gosh, into action. But boy, oh boy, this does take action to be able to really, really face the facts of what we've done, but then go tell someone. Ah, that's really kind of scary. Um, you know, we began to see the coping mechanisms that didn't work for us. We began to identify the different ways we tried to manage life that was underneath the food. I was using the food to manage my life, but I was so restless, irritable, and discontent, so what wasn't working, so it came brought me here, right? But, you know, then I discovered that there were other things that were really eating me, <laughs> which drove me to the food. And I began to see how my instincts run awry, made me pick up all kinds of crutches and tools in order to try to manage life, people-pleasing, manipulation, um, control, uh, just a, a whole array of things, of, of defects. Defects? Wow, I never thought of them as defects of character, but these are the ways that I am malfunctioning. If I want to get back into right function, I want to go to my creator, and I have to say, creator, I see these things, but in the witness of somebody else, and that is so humbling. 
you know, my first uh, big book sponsor I chose, I chose because I heard her qualification and I'm like, oh man, I can tell her anything. <laughs> I never got to tell her my fifth step because a long journey later, I finally found my sponsor that I did give my fifth step to. And, you know, we're promised a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. We never know where it's going to happen. In me, it began to happen in step five when I got feedback from my sponsor. We're looking for a new outlook, a new way, a new relationship with our creator. And she began to give me feedback that showed me how that could happen. And man, oh man, it be- I began to really see a change of life. But it is, it is fear- you have to be fearless to face everything. And you have to be honest to tell everything. And if we hold those most important deep, dark secrets, they're going to still keep eating at us. And um, what a, a, a powerful thing to give it all away and hear things like, I've done that. I'm like that. Um, I got through that. Um, I have found a better way. I have feedback for you because I, I've been through that. Not all Sponsors that take a fifth step have to give feedback, but it begins begins a process of us where we can not just admit our faults to ourselves, we can bring them to God and to another human being, which we will practice, practice, practice every day for the rest of our lives if we want to stay recovered by doing 10 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks for the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Elaine. Okay, so one at a time, who would like to share on the two paragraphs that were just read? Tina S. from Boston. Katie D. Renata. Okay, um, here's who's her, who I have so far. I have Matt M., Tina S., Katie D., Renata. Who did I miss? Larry. Barbara E. Amy G. Barbara E. Amy Beth B. B. Okay. Amy, who? Buff? Beth B. Buff B. All right, let's stop there. Um, again, we're going to stop there, so press star one. And then um, to, to mute yourself, here's the lineup. Matt M., Tina S., Katie G., Renata, I don't have your initial, Larry K., Barbara E., Amy G., and Buff B. So Matt M. first and then followed by Tina S. Thank you for your service, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Matt M. Compulsive over here from New Jersey. Yeah, the fifth step is, is really a hard step for me. I, I had some resentments that I didn't want to write down, and guess what? I ate over them. They took over to our right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. That was me. I only thought I lost my egoism and fear. I only thought they had, I had humbled myself. But this is a really fact-finding and fact-facing process. You know, it really is. It says enough in Chapter 5. I um I had told my whole life story. I've done some things I'm totally not proud of and I'm very embarrassed about and ashamed of. But you know what? If I don't mention them, then I'm going to eat over them eventually because I have to let the past go. You know, one of the worst things I've done, I, I had a storage unit full of my my family memories and stuff, and I, I, I binged away the money that I had for the payment for the storage unit, and they auctioned all my stuff off. So I lost all my family photos. Because of my because of my um my 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 disease and I was eating my brains out and I, I regret that to this day but you know I had to write that down that I did that because resent I regret the resentments against myself you know and I'm very grateful today that I can start start to let it go one day at a time some days it pops into my head I I I miss my pictures and stuff but you know what I wasn't really looking at them all the time anyway they were sitting in a closet in a bin. 
but I have the memories of the people in my head. They're there in my head, in my heart, so I don't forget them. I know what I look like as a kid. I know what my family looked like when they were younger, so I don't have to worry about that. And my friends, some of my friends have pictures of my family they can give me, and I have family members that can give me some pictures if I really want them, so that's not a problem. So I'm grateful for today that I can let the past go and move on to the future without a past. Thank you. Sorry, guys, I was talking away. Okay, now we'll have Tina S. followed by Katie G. Thanks, Kelly, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Well, really grateful to be in this part of the book, you know, I'm, and I'm also so grateful, and I say this all the time, for the um, direction and instruction. You know, it tells me exactly what we want to have happen and exactly how to have that happen, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, um, several times in in uh, Overeaters Anonymous, I had started working the steps and, and had stopped after step four, for whatever reason, not quite sure, probably because exactly what it said at the end of these two paragraphs. You know, I hadn't learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense that we find it necessary so that I would tell the other people or someone else my my whole life story, you know. And so the last time I had, I was uh, going through the steps for my abstinence, you know, when it came to that part where it says the best reason and the only reason that I did this fifth step was because if I didn't, it tells me, you know, best reason first, if we skip this step, we may not overcome drinking. And that's exactly why I did it that time. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, I just read the words, I read the black on the page and I did what it said. And miraculous things happen, you know, through the process of the rest of the steps. You know, once I told someone else my whole life story and I loved what was shared at the beginning and they said, yeah, they kept shaking their head. Yes, I did that. You know, I relate to that and this is what I did. And, you know, what a wonderful thing to know that I was really not alone. You know, I was not alone and that one day at a time, if I continued to do the deal, I would continue to get it. And that's still my experience today. You know, I've had that spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. And so I continue to practice, practice, practice. It's already been set on the line one day at a time. You know, to continue to get what I'm getting, I'm going to continue to do what I'm do- doing, what I'm doing. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And now Katie G. followed by Renata G. Good morning, Kelly. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Hey, guys. It's Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, starting my timer in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest, like, if you skip this vital step, you know, vital, what is vital? It's life-giving. And, um, you know, sometimes um, I hear people call me and they're like, oh, well, it was a small resentment or, oh, well, I'm just sort of kind of resentful or, you know, whatever. And um, I don't get that. Like, I never ate on big stuff, or I did, but I also ate on really small, quote-unquote, stuff. Or, um, And until I learned how to talk, not even, you guys, about all the crazy stuff I did, but the crazy stuff I 
thought that I wanted people to die if they had what I wanted, that I wanted you to suffer, that if you had blonde hair and a boyfriend and big boobs, you were dead to me, you know, and that I said that out loud, you were dead to me, or the way I manipulated, the way I um, pressured people, and I have to say, the last time I came close to eating, I'm driving home in my car, and I'm making a phone call, and I said to this woman, I need you to stay there. Why? Because I've been lying at work. I have been lying to the government. I have been lying to my patients. And if I don't tell you what's going on, here's what's going to happen. Eating's going to be a step up from how I feel right now. And yeah, is it embarrassing? But you know what, guys? I have a life and death illness. Embarrassing doesn't come into the, you know, it doesn't come into the equation. And um, the freedom that I've gotten from talking to other women about my sex conduct, about the people that I manipulated, the ways I held hostage, I still get today. You know, step 10 says, ask God to remove it, discuss it with someone immediately, make amends quickly and help others. And why do I discuss it with someone immediately? Because my step one experience is not enough today. Like, I need to continue to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And how do I do that, and how does that relate to other people? Well, God works through other people. And when I open my head, right, I get back to my heart. I call all of you, and I say, hey, you know what? I asked God to remove this, but I'm still feeling cray. This is how I, this is how I acted with Hubs yesterday. This is how I acted with this woman who was controlling at work yesterday. And guess what? I was controlling. Guess what? I was domineering. Guess what? This is what I thought. And there's a freedom, not just because I'm living in the problem and saying, oh, guess what, this is what I thought, because I'm living in the solution that we just have been taught, right? My selfishness, I want you to suffer. I want you to be unhappy so I feel safe and secure. My self-seeking behavior, I'm pissy, judging, character, assassinating. The lie is I'm different. The truth is I'm not. And my fear is I'm not good enough. So this step it's vital, guys. Like, this is, this is not like, okay, if you want to do this, go ahead. This is vital to my life. And I am astonished about the freedom that I can continue to get one day at a time by showing up and doing the work into action. Here we go. I'm going to do it with you one more day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And next is Renata G. followed by Larry K. Thank you very much, moderator, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G, recovered composable reader, calling from Thailand. Um, it says here, you know, that we're trying to get a new attitude and a new relationship with our creator. And the book has mentioned, you know, a relationship with God, a relationship with our creator a few times before, you know, page 28, 29, right? Because... I am powerless, and so I'm trying to build this new relationship with power, right, with a power greater than myself. And so, you know, it says here that this requires action on my part. And yesterday we read that uh, we've seen many times a faith accomplished for us what we could never accomplish on our own. And what keeps coming for me is that, you know, I had to have faith in this process, I had to have faith in this program. I had to have faith that if I followed the, the instructions in the book, if I did work the steps as laid out in the big book, even though it was not easy, even though it didn't feel good, even though on my own, right, I would do, like it says here, a solitary self-appraisal. Well, that's that's good enough. I've done my inventory. That's, that's enough. It was not. You know, I had to have, you know, faith that, 
doing the things that the book tells me to do would, you know, bring me to a relationship with power, you know, power that I needed to stay away from the food, to stay away from binging. And, you know, from the way my life used to be in this disease, I mean, giving away my inventory compared to what my life used to look like, it was not that bad, right? And, um, you know, so it says here that, you know, they only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves and, you know, I'm still here in step five in disease, right? I'm in the process of getting well, but that mental obsession is still over me. And being a self-centered human being, it's very easy to come up with excuses and justifications and just go back to old patterns. But then having someone who is recovered helping me see maybe some patterns that I've missed or you know, uh, helping me stay on a path to recovery, it it makes all the difference. And that's the whole point here, like Elaine shared before, you know, to have someone be a mirror and say, yes, I've done that too, or I felt like that, and today I don't live like that anymore. I live in a solution because of this work. And here are some things I've done that worked for me, and that gave me hope, you know, it was not about being judged or shamed or any of that. It was really just about getting well and having someone to help me along the way. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata T. And now we'll have Larry K. followed by Barbara E. Oh, my God. I, I love vision. Where's Renata? Istanbul, Thailand. I'm just in, bor- <laughs> I'm in, boring-, <laughs> I'm in boring Chicago. I uh, love vision. Okay. Larry K. Recovered Compulsive Reader from uh, from Chicago. The uh, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. So just backing up for a moment, you know, the key to step four is that, uh, that you not lie and that you not purposely or consciously leave information off, right? Because mo- most people have at least one shameful, horrid thing from their past that they're intent on taking to their grave. At least one. I, I probably had eight or nine. And the bottom line is, you know, you could fill up 87 pages chock full of check marks and tons of data, but then decide, I'm not going to write that one thing down. Well, if that's the case for you, might as well uh, set a bonfire to the rest of it because you've wasted your time. I, I promise you that's true. And it's not because anybody in a way is, is uh, desperate to hear all of your dark, dirty little secrets because you know what the truth is? And I say this with love. You're not that interesting. I'm not that interesting. Your damage is not as interesting as you think it is. And it definitely is not as original as you think it is. If there's a name for it, uh, you didn't invent it, right? But, but if it's inside you, it's corroding from the inside. And the truth is, the deeper it is and the uglier it is, unrevealed, the more it's been playing a part in your demise. And in the fifth step, I'm going to sit down with another human being in the the presence of my creator and give it all up. All the data that's in these pages of my inventory, I'm going to share. And the thing about me was nobody knew the whole story about Larry. Nobody. Uh, You you over there, you knew some of it, and and, and you, you, you knew a little bit more, a piece of it. And the guy over there, he knew a whole lot of it. But nobody knew all of it. 
you catch my drift? The only human being that knew all of it was me. And as we move into the fifth, just know that you can only illuminate what you know is there, what you're consciously aware of. So don't worry about things not in your consciousness. Because when you become aware of things down the road, you can share it. It's only possible for you to shine a light on the things you're aware of. My caution to you is when we hold something back that we're aware of, we're sure to eat again. I want to always remember that the principle of the fifth step is integrity. So the exact nature of my wrongs is a little more extensive than simply my wrongs. So what a beautiful process. You give it all up to someone, you gain some freedom in this process. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And next we will have Barbara E. followed by Amy G. Hi, this is Barbara E. from sunny New Jersey and now sunny Penyon, New York for the time being. Wow, I just got deflated some more. I thought the universe was all revolving around me and I hear that it is not. Interesting, very interesting. Well, I have certainly developed a new attitude about the program and myself. I've developed a new relationship with my higher power I trust him, her, it, whatever it is, and yet, and there's always an and yet, I was filled with egotism and fear of another human being's fallibility. Could I trust another human with my character liabilities? I developed this new attitude, a new relationship, as I said, but had I really because would my higher power place me in the hands of someone I could not trust? No. So this time around, I put my faith in my higher power. I shared with another human being the exact nature of my wrongs and all my wrongs, all my character defects, because I wanted to get past them. I wanted to have a new attitude an attitude of gratitude. So I found a person who was passionate, who was a no-bullshitter, who was caring, and who made me say exactly what my character defects were. I had to be specific, not just dishonest. I had to tell her why I was dishonest. And just yesterday, we were out for lunch, and I said to my son and my husband, it would be my treat. When the bill came, the wait server had not put my item on the menu. I called her over and I told her about her error. And she said, thank you, I'll change it. I appreciate it. And my son, who's 47, said, mom, wow, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just said, good for me, good luck. And I said, yes. I would have done the same in the past. I would have said, yay for me. They're making enough on it. But this 12-step program has changed me, has made it impossible for me to do that. I would be putting my life in jeopardy if I allowed that dishonesty to pervade my life. I can't because I might do something drastic that would harm me seriously. I don't want to do anything to put 
my acceptance, my joy, my serenity into jeopardy. So I had to trust Pat, this time. step. Thank you so much. I appreciate being able to share today. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Barbara E. And next will be Amy G., followed by Beth B. Good morning. This is Amy G. Can you hear me okay? I certainly can. Good morning. Okay, great. Please time me. I have someone else's phone on. We find usually a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. And, you know, I just love this. If we go back to the uh, first step in the AA 12 and 12, it talks about that we've warped our minds with such an obsession for destructive eating or drinking that only an act of providence can relieve us of it. And through this process, I don't know about you all, but by getting to step uh, four, I have learned some, you know, chunks of truth about myself, as we talked about in the last chapter and how it works. But my thinking is far, by far and away, not sane yet. I've not been restored to sanity. I've learned a lot. I've understood a lot. I'm, I'm starting to understand what it is about myself that is the problem and that this is not about food. It's about me and my reactions and my character defects, those obstacles that are in my path to my higher power, that I need a higher power in order to be relieved of this obsession. But I've not been restored to sanity. So self-appraisal for me is, is nothing, was nothing. Of course, that would have been easy. And they keep saying these paragraphs, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yes, it is difficult. But if we're fearless and thorough, even if we are fearful but we're thorough, you know, we can, we can move forward through this step. I mean, they say this program is about ego reduction and about, you know, humility. And they even say here, trying to avoid this humbling experience. What happens if we avoid it? They say through experience over and over and over again that if we don't do this, if we don't do this particular step of ego reduction and humility, that we don't stay sober. And I can tell you that's the case for me when I tried putting it off. You know, if we're going to illuminate the dark, we illuminate it through being honest and open and willing to tell it all, just like Larry was saying. And what I found the beauty of that, as soon as I let out just that one big secret, secret number two, three, four, and five came tumbling out, and that toxicity of what that felt to carry that all those years, I felt freedom. I really began to start to see that I could join the human race. I was no better and I was no worse. And more of that came out in steps eight and nine. But this action step brought me tremendous freedom and clarity about who I was, no better, no worse, just a child of God trying to recover from this disease. And it was incredibly freeing for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And next we will um, have Beth B. And then we'll open it up for sharing. Beth B. Good morning, everybody. Um, Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Um, I'm Beth B. from Virginia. um, And I'm a uh, grateful recovering compulsive overeater today as a result of the steps. Um, I I just want to be brief. and, and share that I, I recently, I've been in the program about a year, and um, I had a relapse about two weeks ago. And um, with my sponsor, I, I started to go backwards, and I went back step one and um, got back up to step five and, and discovered exactly what we just read about the big book, that I had left some things off of my inventory that I, I just felt 
I didn't want to share with anyone. And um, and it says here that if we do that, we we will we will relapse, and that is exactly what happened to me. So um, uh, further evidence uh, that this 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 book makes me a believer on a daily basis uh, that if if I follow it, I can put my faith in it, and that it will work for me. Um, so uh, at at any rate, um, I'm a little nervous. This is the first time I've shared on the line, but I I just wanted to share that with 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 the group. And um, so I, I'm grateful to be here, and uh, thank you for your service. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Welcome to the line. So I'm going to open it up for sharing on those two paragraphs. Who would like to share? Nessa R. Harlan G. Nessa. Lynn S. Okay, I have so far Nessa R, Harlan G, Vasa O, and Lynn S. Janice M. Janice M. Janice Did you M. hear me? Yep. Yes, Janice. Okay, let's stop there. Um, again, the lineup: Nessa R, Harlan G, Vasa O, Lynn S, and Janice M. We'll start with Nessa. I need you guys to press star one to mute, please. And then um, we'll follow with Harlan. So Nessa, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So I grew up in a household where um, the motto was you solve your own problems. So like going to a psychiatrist or a therapist or anything like that was something that was um, frowned upon at worst and not believed in at best, you know. You don't air out your your dirty laundry. So when it came time for me to um, give away my step five, of course, um, I was full of, of those ideas, but also of the, I don't know if it's called uh, a false humility that, you know, I was so terminally unique that I, I didn't believe that anybody had done what I'd done or thought what I thought or felt what I felt. And I thought, you know what, like my, my sponsor's going to think that I'm like the scum of the earth if I tell her all this stuff. And, you know, this is why, this is why solitary self-appraisal is insufficient, you know, because, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can tell anybody's defects from a mile away, but my own, uh, my own, no, I'm just, I'm full of self-justification and rationalization for everything that I've ever done, thought, or felt, you know, I was always justified, and so, you know, I'm, I'm very, very biased, and by you know, not giving this away, I deprived myself of, of two extremely important experiences. The first one is empathy, because when I gave my, and I've done several step fives, when I gave my step five away, I, I cannot even remember how many times I heard my sponsor say, me too, like those two words just brought so much relief. Like, I'm not such an awful person. I'm not the only one who's, who's been there and done that. And, like, that, that in itself was priceless. The other thing is that this process is a process of transformation. And I cannot teach myself a new way of thinking because if I was able to do that, 
I, I would have done that a long time ago and I wouldn't be here. I cannot teach myself another way of thinking. And so I needed to see, because in many cases, my entries um, on the columns of, you know, where had I been selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, or fearful were left blank because I honestly couldn't see it. You know, I needed to be taught. I needed to be taught what selfish meant, what dishonesty meant, because I thought, you know, for example, dishonesty, lying, cheating, stealing. I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal. And then my sponsor said, hey, what about the lies you tell yourself? What about not telling the truth when the truth needs to be told? Like, what about all those things? You know, I couldn't teach myself. I needed to be taught by others. And so this is why if we skip this vital step, um, you know, we are not going to overcome our drinking because we're not going to learn a new way of thinking. And the way of thinking is... Guides, thank you. What, what guides my feelings, what guides my actions, and what's going to guide my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. And Harlan G., is it warm enough for you there, Harlan? It's only going to be about 108 today, so we're in sweaters and jackets, so we're okay. Thanks, Kelly. All right. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in sizzling Scottsdale, Arizona. Can't compare to where, to uh, Singapore or wherever uh, Renata is. I forgot now. Thanks, Kelly, for your service, and thanks to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. The fifth step of our program was something that was done very, very quickly in the in the earliest days. Uh, it was not done weeks and months into the into the process. It was done that day or the ne- or that night, the next day for sure. Uh, this was not a long drawn out process. And one of the things that they learned was to sit there and just say yes, me too, and yes, oh yes, I've done that too. That's part of it. But the the thing that's very vital for me from both sides of the fence is to have someone there that can cite my patterns of dishonesty, patterns of selfishness, patterns of fear, uh, patterns of, of, of anger, someone that is going to point out, help me see my part in things. And this was also done in open forum. The men would go up with the men, and the wives would do it with some of the early women, like Lil and some of the other ones that came in, Marty Mann. Uh, this is one of the reasons that we split from the Oxford group is because as from the Cleveland group, some of the Catholics came in and they frowned on open confession. Confession was supposed to be done in a closed forum and this was an open forum confession. And this was a catalyst in the split from the Oxford group. The Oxford group encouraged open confession and they wanted closed confession, and that sort of was a catalyst, as I've said. But this is something that we also took, because on page 73, uh, we see, until we told someone else all their life story. And the OA that I came into is very different from the OA that you see today. We ran around doing autobiographies. I remember writing my autobiography and some poor soul sat with me at Greenbrier Park on Peterson near California in West Rogers Park, Chicago. And I told that person that I was born in 1954. I went to Mather High School. I did this. I went to Roosevelt University, blah, blah, blah. 
and I'm sure it helped somebody, but it didn't help me, and it didn't help that person because it was something that was just really a waste of time. But if I've heard your fourth step, and I'm, I'm doing it with you, I know more about you than your best friends do. I know right where you live. I know everything about you. On page 74, which we're going to get to next week, it's going to say person or persons to whom which we did this. And that's, that was, as I said, one of the catalysts in the split. This is a very important step, but to sit there and listen and go, mm-hmm, 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 is not the spirit of the step. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Harlan. And next is Vasa O, followed by Lynn S. Thank you, Kelly. It's Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Lolita, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And here we are in step one. We admit it to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. And to me, it's action, a practice, and practice. You know, the, the recipe is right here. I don't have to go too far. I'm just so grateful for this big book. And again, you know, I I had no clue. I, you know, about anything. I've been so I have been blinded so much, and God has opened my eyes gradually over the years as I've gone through the steps. And uh, uh, when I surrendered to God with the food, and uh, and I became abstinent, and I I was being able to do something that I couldn't accomplish for 25 years of my life, and all of a sudden, you know, coming to the program and hearing what other people did and identifying with them, and I was ready to surrender to a, power, um, to a higher power greater than myself and, and to put the food down and keep it down. I mean, that was um, un- I- unbelievable that I couldn't do, that I couldn't do before. So I didn't know much about the character defects, you know, I had them, but I thought that was normal. Resentful, self-pity, fear, temper. Well, temp- I, used, I held my anger inside, so I didn't show that much temper, but I kept it. I had it inside. Uh, hate, envy, false pride. I didn't know what that was. And negative thinking. I thought that was all normal. If uh, you know. If if people didn't hurt me, why wouldn't I be resentful and angry at them? And I learned differently today. It, you know, forgiveness. As we go through the steps, the way they're laid out. And I remember saying, well, God knows what I've done. Why would I have to go and tell somebody else what I have done in my lifetime? And I was going to keep some of the secrets with me. I was going to bring them to the grave, you know. And then I heard, we are sick as our secrets. I just thank God I kept coming. And if and it says, if we keep this, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. And I wanted to come, I wanted to put the food down, and I wanted to be abstinent. So I was ready and willing to do the rest of the steps that were laid out. And yes, I started talking about the secrets. I didn't want to die with them because they were going to kill me. It was eating me inside. Those secrets were eating me inside. And I'm so grateful. I'll wrap it up. But I found a person I could tell everything that I held inside. Thank you for letting me share that path. Thank you, Vasa O. Next is Lynn S. followed by Janice M. 
Good morning, Vision. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary. These lines really speak to me. I came into program in 1989, and I got zapped overnight. I was really blessed, and the obsession to eat was lifted, and I had um, I was able to work through the steps to the best of my ability, and I had 17 years of abstinence and a modicum of recovery, some recovery. But this is what got me, this part right here. And I went through an eight-year relapse, and in that eight-year relapse, I had one or two years of stark raving abstinence, but absolutely no recovery. And what really got me and, and what threw me off and what finally after 17 years got me back into the food was I did not work the steps the way they were outlined in the big book and the way we so clearly speak about them at Vision. I worked them to the best of my ability. I worked them the way I heard them worked in the rooms when I heard them worked at all. I didn't have a sponsor. I did a lot of self-appraisal. I did a lot of self-appraisal of where I was in the steps and what I was doing, and I really thought I was living the way I was supposed to. But then near the end, I knew I wasn't. And even though I knew I wasn't, I still didn't understand how to make it any different. And when I think about, and, and I went through a terrible period when I, was in the relapse of, you know, bemoaning my 17-year status and how come other people can be absent for 20 years and 25 and I've lost this and I'll never be any better. And I can honestly say now that where I am now in program is so much better than anything I ever had before. And I shouldn't say in program in recovery because I am recovered. I feel the difference. I understand now what it means to work the program the way it's laid out in black and white in the book. And it, it's, um, it's truly a miracle, and I wouldn't trade where I am right now for any of what I had before. It's a different experience. It's a vibrant experience. And thank God, now I can still say, I think I'm working through this stuff, and I, I think I'm doing the best I can, but I'm getting the results, and so I know it's working. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Next is Janice M. Well, good morning to you, and thank you for your service, and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I want to piggyback on some other uh, shares. Um, when, when it was talked about, first of all, um, an actual practice, we usually find a solitary appraisal insufficient. Why is that? Well, I can tell you why I did. First of all, you know, why I didn't want to share everything because, you know, I was the master at believing my own self-justification in half-truths. I mean, that's just how it was, you know. Um, and certainly I was one who used to say I didn't even have a, a, an eating problem, you know, justification, blaming. Okay, so... Um, we tell ourselves over and over and over again, we're doing fine as we are. 
sinking deeper and deeper into my compulsive overeating. You know, um, see, when, when I told my sponsor, I'll never forget it the first time, um, it, was, it, was so, it was so life-changing. First of all, when it says, tell all of our story, all, thorough, and like it was said, it's not an autobiography. All to me, finally, I knew, it was every single thing, not what you think you should do, what you fear that you should say, the shame and the guilt if you tell somebody. So I wasn't making, um, I wasn't making mistakes by holding these things from my sponsor. I was doing it on purpose. And when I did it on purpose, it wasn't thorough. To me, that's what that means. Because I did the autobiography too, and it was like, hello, you know. But when I let go of those real dark crannies of my past, that was all of my life story. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, exposing this, exposing my private self to someone else began this process of being and living my life in an open manner. And I used to say, oh, yeah, well, God knows. God knows. Got to watch out. Got to watch out, Janice. God did know. (laughs) And I thought I was fooling him. Oh, oh, oh. But anyway, the insight and the feedback from my sponsor, you know, who understood me because she was one like me, um, really gave me a lot of security and freedom freedom didn't have any more shame or guilt because somebody knew my all all my life story and with that i passed thanks thank you janice um this is kelly s i'm going to take the last couple minutes because i'm a leader so i can do that um i just wanted to share really quick about um which other people have shared that this was a game changer for me i had been around for you know years and we did the autobiography and um so that was hard, and, it, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't, but, you know, it was nothing like getting to the exact nature, and that's where, to me, that humility, fearlessness, and honesty, real honesty that I uh, was lacking and didn't know I was lacking until I started listening to you guys and getting into the big book and finding out that's what it was all about, you know, and, you know, I struggle with these things daily, and so having to really tell somebody those exact, exact nature that's to me what's painful because I don't know about you guys, but I'm way too cool to be here. I'm too cool for school. And, you know, it was easy for me to just to say, you know, I'm jealous or I'm envious, but it's because those people think they're cool or whatever. And the exact nature for me, and I'm working on this defect right now, is having to look at the fact that, you know, I'm lacking self-worth. I'm not feeling good enough. You know, if I look at your stuff, I'm jealous of you, then I can, you know, sit and talk about you. And having to admit to somebody else, I mean, this may sound crazy, you guys, but I am. I want you to like me. I don't want you to think I'm insecure and I feel lack of self worth or I'm not feeling good enough. Um, you know, I want to give that air of confidence. I'm really great. I'm so wonderful. And so, if I tell you these things, what it feels to me is humiliating and shameful. And you know, I just want everybody to like me. I'm telling you what, that doesn't work. You know, I have struggled for thirty something years trying to get everybody to like me, and I get back in the food because it's a step up as we've heard, to making me feel better, but it never made me feel better. So, you know, once I finally, and I, I'm not going to tell you guys, you know, I did my fist up, I do it, but I continue to do this work because these things crop up often. And thank God that for today, you know, I, wrote, I was writing that, you know, um, 
thank God I found the solution. Well, you know what the truth is? I found the solution when I was 20, 30 freaking years ago. Okay, 20, 34 years ago, but whatever. Anyway, but I wasn't willing to do the work. You know, I wasn't willing to get completely honest with the exact nature, you know, and humble myself and be fearless, you know, and have the humility. And you know what I found out? I'm just like you guys, and I can't rise above my humanness. My sponsor tells me that every day. You know, it's my ego and pride thinking I should be better by now. Two and a half years of recovered state of mind and body, and I want to be all fixed. You know, I don't want these defects to crop up. And that's why we have this book. That's why we call people. That's why I have to keep doing the deal. That's why I have to stay in action. And so today, what I'm so grateful for is I'm willing to do the work. Regardless of how it feels, my feelings dictated my whole life, and today I'm able to make deliberate choices thanks to my recovery and my higher power in you guys. And with that, I will pass. And it is now time for closing. Thank you to everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following um, the closing. The share ID for today, July 20th, is 10182. And somebody is unmuted, if you could press star one. Um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, will Nessa R. read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, good morning. It's Nessa R. again. Thank you for the opportunity of uh, to do service for this amazing meeting. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him, ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Do freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happiness destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.